Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on the show, I'm happy to welcome back my good friend and one of our favorite guests, Scott Milligan. Scott has over 20 years of understanding the trance or altered state and has sat in well over 300 seances with three physical mediums. All of this in addition to his own development. He teaches workshops in person and online and spends most of his time demonstrating in seance conditions and encouraging others to sit for the spirit world. In fact, Scott will be one of the speakers at the upcoming Afterlife Symposium. And I know not everyone can get to the symposium this year, so I thought we'd talk to Scott today to catch up, see what he's up to, and also get some wisdom that we can all use for our lives today. His website is scottmilligan.net. Scott Milligan, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Hi, Sandra, or should I call, say Miss America? <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me back to be on what is truly a wonderful show, which is growing day by day by listeners and how your work is touching so many lives. People say that in mediumship, we change people's lives by standing on platform or sitting in a chair and being moved by the spirits on times when wisdom is needed. But for me, you are the medium of the people, as in the fact is that you're getting your message out there and touching and changing so many lives through you interviewing so many different people. So um, congratulations and well done for touching so many people. Thank you. Thank you. And like you, this whole thing stems from helping people through grief and to have a better understanding of life and anything that we can do to take the sting out of grief and give people hope. That's the common denominator out of every single one of these interviews. And I know that's behind you as well. Yeah, well, grief is so nasty. Grief don't care who you are. It doesn't matter what time or day or night it is or who you are, how rich or poor you are. Grief gets you when you when you least expect it. And grief is like losing your breath. And, you know, it just is so nasty. And if we can just for a moment give people that little bit of oxygen by giving a little bit of hope by saying your mum and dad or your son and daughter are here and they tell me this, it just lifts people from that darkness. And like yourself and myself, um, both of us have had our fathers go to the other world. And, you know, you truly don't realise how much you miss them. And even though we are mediums and we know what we know and we do what we do, it still sometimes gets us when we least expect it. Yeah, in fact, tomorrow is my dad's birthday. And oh, so I think it's just birthday. perfect. Yeah. So I can still celebrate dad and my grandmother as well. She gave birth to my dad on her 18th birthday. Could you imagine? Oh, wow. Wow. See, the thing is that the spirit people, they have two birthdays now. They have the birth of their, their earthly life and they have their, their birth to the spiritual life. I don't like using the word death because death is so formal. It's like their second birthday. So that they have their two birthdays. So they're very lucky. Mm. I remember a quote that says, this lifetime is but a thread in the fabric of our soul. And if we could only see that big picture and realize that our short life here on earth isn't everything, that it's just a tiny little piece of something so much bigger. Yeah. 
I think once people realise that they live for eternity, I think that's quite a overwhelming feeling because what are we going to do with eternity? You know, we live in our physical life for such a short period of time and then we've got the spirit world and then the spirit world has many layers within that leading back to one's consciousness. I think that's quite an awesome thought of what we're going to be doing in about four or five hundred years time from now. You know, where will we be within the world we call unseen and what we would have achieved? You know, as a, a medium, when I die, I want to know how easy is it for the spirit world to talk through us? You know, is it as simple as we think it should be or is it really difficult? And I want to learn how to communicate from the spirit world to this world. And heaven help the medium I'll be working with, because if they get it, if they get it wrong, I'll certainly let them know. I'm sure you will. Let's back up a little, because sometimes, Scott, we have a brand new listener who has not listened to the show before, who's never heard of you, who's never heard of me. Would you mind describing what physical mediumship is and even trance mediumship, because you're talking about now speaking through a medium? Yeah, of course. Well, if we could just go to a sidestep and talk about mental mediumship first, because I think that will really help, because mental mediumship is someone who will stand on the platform or sit in front of you, and through their senses, um, they relay information to you. So if you have a mother or a father in the spirit world, uh, they will either feel your mother, uh, hear your mother, or see your mother, and they'll describe what they are perceiving, and you say yes, no, don't know. Where trance is concerned, the medium is able to, to blend with the world we call unseen, and normally it's their worker or guide will then speak through them of philosophy. And on very rare occasions, the guide will say, I have your mother or your father here, and she tells me this, or he says that, and you say yes, no, don't know. But physical mediumship is allowing the medium's mind to blend with the world we call unseen, and as they blend, it kind of looks like they're falling asleep. And as they fall asleep, um, their body is stimulated by an energy. And when the spirit world enter the auric field, which is the energy around them, and your energy meet, it causes a reaction which makes their body exude a energy called ectoplasm, which is life force. And with the ectoplasm, the spirit people, through directive thought, step into that and are able to become solid once more, or they're able to speak in their own voice. And you'll say, that's my dad, that's my, my mother's voice. And if you're lucky um, to sit with a medium who's able to do this in light, but you will see your loved ones, solid as you and I, walking over to you and you'll be able to hug them, kiss them and talk to them. To me, that's what, that's what physical mediumship is. To me, Scott, and thank you for that, that is the most miraculous thing one could even imagine that this is possible. And I've been blessed enough to be able to sit with you in seance conditions uh, several times. And it's, it really is nothing short of miraculous. It's great. So I'm so grateful that you're my friend. You've been on the show a number of times. We're going to see you at the symposium. I'm going to introduce you to a bunch of Americans. Yeah. <laughs> and It's my first time ever being, I've been to America twice once to see new york and once for my sister's wedding uh when she was in married in in central park um but this is the first time that i'm coming as a speaker and a demonstrator um so i'm really really looking forward to it so it's the first time ever in america 
but I've been able to blend with the spirit world in that way. Yeah, it's a, it's very exciting. And I'm really honored because I know you and I and our friendship, It's this is something very rare currently on planet Earth, I believe, or there's physical mediums in hiding. Um, but I think to let people of the world know that this is a reality and our friends at the Afterlife Symposium and all the listeners that will join us there, to just get a little taste of... Uh, meeting you and finding out more and, and hearing about it, it. It's, you know, what do I even want to say about that? You know, there was a time years ago when uh, I went to Disney World and oh gosh, had to be over 25 years ago and Epcot was a big thing. And I remember seeing a display when there was a gigantic computer and it was before the years of computers and they said, someday there'll be a computer in every household. And then there was another display that people were doing this FaceTime, like you could actually see the person you were talking to, and it was on a screen. And my young mind couldn't even get around that someday that would be possible. And now here we are, 2018, and it's normal. So I can't help but think when we introduce physical and trance mediumship and hear some of these stories from the past and teach people about the altered state states, what could be possible, what seed can be planted and then what's available for the future. Absolutely. And I, I strongly believe that the spirit world have already known what we are planning to do with the symposium. They already know what will come from the symposium and what minds need to be touched at that moment because the spirit world is in uh, incredible intelligence and they see one footstep in front of us and I strongly believe um, that before the symposium was even mentioned um, that the other world have already said right now it's time and it's because of you uh, that's the only reason that I w I'm there because it was through your friendship and from your reassurance and saying right come on it's, it's time now Let, let's see where we go um, that we are able to do this. Mm, thank you for that. But for me, it was a huge risk taking that first flight to the UK to go to Banyan Retreat to meet you. I didn't know a single person. And I thought for my own curiosity, I mean, you've lived this for many years, the reality of physical mediumship, but for somebody to hear it for the first time, you've got to get, and I'm sure you do, that it sounds like crazy, preposterous, but I had to know. And when I actually got to have the experience, I thought, how can I let others know this? And so I love you because you're a great man, number one, and I'm grateful you're my friend. But I just thought it was a no brainer to be able to share this. And either people are interested or they're not. But those that are, you know, it's really fantastic. So thank you for trusting me. No problem. And so, like I said, that with, well, as you did with your nice introduction, you know, I've had 20 years of sitting and experiencing all forms of, of mediumship. The only one I have not experienced is the full materialization in light. I've seen partial and I've seen in darkness when the hand glows or the, you see a, a just one single foot walking along the floor while the trumpet's over in another direction of the room. And it's not clairvoyance. You know, everyone's seeing it. And it became so normal. You know, for seven and a half years, I sat every night in another seance. And it was, so, again, so normal. Seeing trumpets lift and voices, having objects fall from the sky, 
you know, in the in the seance room and it's not physically possible for them to be in that room and it's dropping down. It became so normal. It was so, so normal. And when someone's going, oh, wow, oh my God, the medium's in the air. And you're like, yeah, that's normal. They'll bring him down in a minute. And it was, it was <laughs> and it, it became so blasé. And now because there's not many people doing it, um, you start to realize that I should have taken those experiences much more seriously and taken them in the much more uh, sacredness as it was. Um, but because I was from from so young, um, like 17, 18, being sitting there going, oh, you know, it's something I grew up with. So it's so normal. So I didn't have the, the humility to um respect everything what was taking place because it was so normal you mm. know having your your sister walk out or your nan or hearing voices of husbands and wives and children that was so so normal there, there are also some some of the voices that i do remember so strongly what was that one of us a little girl um and she i can't remember her name was rosie rose or rosie and she was uh, came to the spirit world in a house fire, and it was a Christmas tree seance. And she came through, and um, she just loved our tree because we had the Christmas tree out. And we said, "Go and take a present." And she took a present, and it was a toy bus, and just like a, a normal plain push along bus. And she mm-hmm. said, "I picked the wrong one." So I said, "Which one do you want?" And she goes, "I wanted another one." I heard there was a, a cup and saucer. So he said, okay, go go in there and find it. And you can hear a rustling and shaking the presents. And just being a child and, you know, you, you saying to her, so, so what would you like to tell you? You know, oh, is your mum still with with us or with you? And she said, no, mummy's still alive. She survived. And obviously you hear her story and say, well, who's your mum? Tell me her name. And we found her name. We found her address. And we said, would mummy like to hear from you? Um, obviously because we can send her a recording and send her an invite to the seance. And she goes, I don't think mummy would understand what you're doing here. So we were like, okay. So we became like a kind of her adopted parents and she found the cup and saucer and she was serving us tea in the seance. So, you know, like a little child's cup and saucer yes. and she put it on your knee and you had to, you know, uh, hit the two cups together and, and not say cheers but you would say drink up and you had to pretend to drink cups of tea and you know you remember those kind of ones and I, I really appreciated that because you know she wasn't too far away from my age and, and listening to things like that was, was just incredible. Mm. Would you mind telling the story about your sister? I know many yeah, when yeah, we yeah. first talked a year or two ago whenever that was you told it but it just just goes yeah. to show the power of the those was well, the unseen world well one one of the seances that we attended and the medium was colin fry and we were sitting there and um this very young girl about four years old came out of the cabinet shouting out it's you it's you it's you really excited really excited uh, you heard her stamp over you know how like a kid's really excited and they, they came like running over right and we didn't know who she was talking to because she didn't use our names so she goes it's you, it's you, it's you. And all of a sudden, this tiny little hand grabbed my uh, right hand and pulled me down, you know, pulled me forward. And as she pulled me forward, she wrapped her arms around my neck and she was wearing a petticoat dress. You know, you could feel like the lace in the dress. 
and her hair was down the centre of her back, pulled, you know, pulled back in like a ponytail or a loose ponytail. And I said, you know, who are you? She goes, I'm your sister. And I went, pardon? She goes, I'm your sister, Emma. I said, no, no, I'm sorry. I have Heidi, I have Nassie, but I have no Emma. And she goes, no, I, I'm your sister, Emma. I'm your sister. I'm the one that didn't make it. And I was like, no. And she kind of stomped back into the cabinet. And being so stupid as I did and went back and I asked questions and, and lo and behold, there it was. I had a sister. And um, I went back to the seance and Magnus, who was the principal control, materialized. And I said, Magnus, I must apologize um, for my behavior. Um, but I didn't know. And what I found out was that my sister was only a couple of days old when she passed. And I said to him, I didn't know, I didn't know. So obviously Colin didn't read it in my mind. He couldn't have found it anywhere because my sister was buried in a pauper's grave, which is an unmarked grave in London. And we were sitting in uh, Haywood Teeth, which is a good hour away from London. And um, I said, but what puzzles me that my sister was uh, born before me and died before I was born. And she was only a couple of days old, but she came out as a four-year-old. And Magnus explained that the spirit children, the children that come over, they continue going to school and they grow up within the spirit world. And he said, would you like to speak to her if she would have lived, you know, at the age she would have lived? And I said, yes. And out came a young, young woman who absolutely tore into me saying, how dare you? say those things to me i'm your older sister you're my little brother and all of this and that was the last time i really heard from emma uh in the seance room i felt her and i've, I've been become aware of her and some mediums have given me her proof in uh readings but on that day i had my ultimate proof um twice seeing emma as a child and then seeing emma if she would have lived in this world without death and she would have been about 23, 24, and I was 17 at the time. And at the time you were starting out, and that's what you needed to probably oh, I mean, believe in all of this, right? Absolutely, because I'm a complete skeptic. I am a skeptic, and I'm quite a fierce skeptic, and I think that's quite healthy to have yeah. and healthy to understand. Because, you, you know, with physical mediumship, there's a lot of people who... Uh, want the ability but don't have it but they try and pretend they do have it and um, you've got to go in there with that skeptical mind but also be open mind as well yeah and I don't think from an interview that someone listened to right now you will really come to know the reality of physical but to experience it there's there's no other explanation really what I hope what comes across, in, especially in, in my work, is that the intelligence, the integrity, and also the presence of the spirit. You know, you when you go into the sounds room, you feel the presence. You feel the atmosphere changing. You're becoming more aware that there's something greater happening within this um, room. I had... I did a, a demonstration for a man who was doing a documentary of the Supernatural Eight, um, which won an award in America. And he came in and he, he was he was a nice chap. He brought in a semi film, which was wrapped up in a, um, a bank bag. So no one can touch it. And it hasn't been exposed. 
And he said, I want it in the seance room. So he said, yep, no problem. Uh, he was one of my independents, so he tied me down. His assistant was sitting on the other side of the room. And we worked. And at the end of it, he said, I can't, I can't, I can't work out this. I said, in what way? He said, there were people running around the room, more people running around the room. And he said, the, the camera film came up and without fumbling the dark, went straight into my hand. And he said, I've got a daughter. It was like my daughter's hand touching the back of my hand. Your hands are too big. And he said, it's not possible. And I said, look, anything is possible. But I appreciate it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And he, he sat there and we, we had a, a lovely interview and he was a really nice guy. And he said, look, I don't know what has happened. But he said, in that room, I felt something. I said, what did you feel? He said, I don't know. But he said, it felt not normal. And I said, but you've got to understand, to me, it is normal. So I hope in that way we've planted that seed within his consciousness that he will go out there and seek out further the possibilities of life beyond life. Mm. Well, the world is miraculous as it is. There's so many things we don't understand. But I think as human beings, we it's part of just our makeup when we when there's some really great things we experience. Our, our mind just kind of puts it as uh, no big deal. You know, you think of some of the people that have graduated have great educations or have really done some great things people have discovered all kinds of things in science and they live life like oh it's no big deal you know i did that you know that's yeah. just one of the things our minds do but there's something that happens within that seance room and even seeing you do the trance demonstrations which your eyes are closed and your friends or controls speak through you or now you're doing online uh, trance yeah. Q&A, which I was lucky enough to see the replay a couple of days ago from one you just did. And you know, I know you, I love you, you're Scott, and to have Daniel or Eric speak through you, it is so clear that it's not you. And the words, there, there are times when words just kind of, they're so inspiring that it's like your soul just knows this is truth. If that makes sense. I know you've experienced that, but being I, a recipient. I, yeah, I, I love it when, when we do the, the you know, I was, I'm very nervous as it is. I'm, I'm actually a painfully shy person, and I am shy, but I try my best to overcome that. And um, with the trance ones, I, I get more nervous with the trance than I do with the seances. Um, but we've been looking at the possibilities of taking the, the trance a bit further because we need to try and get philosophy out into the world again because a lot of people go for the mediumship and the mediumship is breathtaking is mind-blowing but once you've had your proof for me i don't believe in the spirit world anymore i know there's a spirit world yes and i know that i will live beyond this mortal life that i live so for me it is the philosophy of spiritualism i'm looking for within myself so having the control speak through me and um being asked well would you try it this way i've really have appreciated sitting there and doing it online with obviously nick from banyan sitting next to me and then working i've really have enjoyed that and um i've got a new philosopher what's working with us at the moment i'm really loving their way of thinking and they come and speak at the most unusual times within my head and mm. i 
I get this voice saying, may I share these simple thoughts? And I literally got a few moments to get uh, a piece of paper and a pencil or my iPad or the tape recorder, and they'll just start speaking really, really fast. And I've got to try and control it. Um, and I really appreciate that those thoughts that are coming through. And um, doing it online, it's just, it's quite exciting for me. Uh, I think it's fantastic. And I'm so grateful you're doing not just the trance Q&A online, but um, you're doing some of your workshops now online. And uh, this is a little plug for your website, which is scottmilligan.net. For our listener, I know we, you have a lot of friends that listen to this show, and they're going to get a chance to meet you as a good six or 700 people are going to be at this um, symposium coming up. Goodness me. So don't Goodness be nervous. <laughs> don't be well, nervous. You know, I, I'll, I'll consult my guide, probably um, Jack Daniels or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> just, just to get a little bit of Dutch courage, we call it. Oh, but you'll be fine. I have so many people under one roof who are all seekers in their own way and sharing experiences. And, uh, you know, we are teaching and we are um, doing talks, but we can always learn from each other. So I'm going to listen to so many people's stories. And when people ask me, you know, in my circle, I get this, you know, let's see um, where it goes and where it could be. Yes, that's great. And let's talk a little bit about what you'll be doing there, because I'd like to bring in this conversation for the people that cannot attend this symposium, just a little taste of um, who you are. And then for those that are attending, it'll help get you excited that there'll be so much more. How's that sound? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, on the Thursday from 9am to 4pm, there's going to be a workshop. And it'll be a good group of people, might be 100 people in there or so. But the name, I have it all printed up, is Altered States, Connecting with Your Soul in the Spirit World. And if you don't mind, Scott, I'll just read the description and then we can talk a little bit about what people can expect. And then also we'll bring it to you know who's listening right now and how we can apply some of this in our own life. So the workshop is a very special opportunity to be part of something greater and to be in the arms of those who love you from the spirit world. Sitting in altered states provides healing and supports all forms of communication, whether you are a medium or not. Hear about mediums of the past and what was achieved when groups of friends came together with no expectations. You will learn about creating home circles and sit in your own power as Scott leads you on journeys into the altered states. When you believe in yourself and allow the spirit to step forward, you gain support in all areas of your life. Prayer will be discussed and the different ways of allowing the spirit world to find their voice, a voice that may be heard internally through you or through a form of phenomena. And during this fun-filled day, the power of the altered states will support you in all aspects of your personal development, wherever it may lead you. You'll be given the tools to return home and practice connecting to this limitless power that will lead you back to eternity. Oh, I want to, I want to sign up for myself. Me too. <laughs> oh, I think your spirit friends actually created those words because that's something uh, you had dictated to me and I recorded and typed it out and, and it's great. But we all have the invisible 
what do we even call it? The cheerleaders with us are our guides, if you want to use the word guides, but we all have these loved ones around us, correct? Absolutely. You know, we are never alone. And that's what the spirit world have really echoed through my work and through other people's work, that we are not alone. You know, the spirit world is all around us. They're not above us. They're not in the ground or anything. They're all around us. They just move too quick for us to perceive. So we have to move our mind. We have to give something to the spirit world. So we call it um, moving into the power. And moving into the power is different to meditation. Meditation is mental mirandering through thought suggestions, etc. So being told to see a bridge, go across the bridge, feel relaxed, etc. That's meditation. With power, it's moving in to your soul's energy, your soul's um, light through prayer. And the prayer isn't dead words, which were written thousands of years ago. Prayer is actually from yourself so very instance you can say something as i stand here at the altar of peace may my mind lift may my heart be open so that we can move close to one another so something very simple uh, but then you can take it even further and then add more bits to it you know may my love be the banquet for you to feast upon and what you're doing is you're going into that stream of inspiration from yourself giving it to the spirit world. And so that then moves you into the power and the veil that separates you and you, know, you and them starts to become finite and you start to become aware of what they, uh, you know, who they are, what they're trying to express to you and through you. Beautiful. I know myself in this time of life, there's a limited amount of time before I go on my next trip, then meet you in Arizona and much to do. And there's a lot of stress. And I would personally like to be able to remember or utilize this invisible love force of loved ones that I have around me. Could you give us some tools for all, any of us now that we might be able to do today uh, to sit or before we go to bed tonight, just to start building that bridge, well, that connection? If I very simply, I can ask you to, um, kind of ask yourself where do you experience love you know unconditional love so when i see my niece and nephew run towards me and shout out uncle snot or scotty scotty um i get like a gooey feeling in my solar plexus area just underneath my rib cage i get a funny feeling and when someone shouts at me it punches me there so this is an area where i feel sense so this is where i feel love and i feel hate and i feel emotion and and different things so this to me is where my soul resides this is where, because if I asked you, or all of you, where do you think your soul is? You may say in your heart. Well, the spirit world said that we can transplant our heart, can't we? So we can't be in an organ. Is it in our blood? No, we can give our blood away. And if we cut ourselves, does that mean half our soul leaves? Is it in the brain? Well, we've been told by the spirit world, the brain remains with the earth. So for me, in my way of searching, that's where my soul resides. So what I do is I close my eyes and take my awareness to where I feel love. And when I go to that place, that's when I do my prayer. That's where I feel my happiest memory coming, coming to the forefront of my mind. And then I say, when I feel that power being activated, I'm becoming the power. I say to the spirit world, you know, here I am. This is me. You know, please blend with me. And then I just become aware 
and more people are aware of the spirit world and you just don't know the sign it's like the tingling around your head that you get sometimes it feels like someone's playing with your hair that's them and it's just learning to talk to them at that moment and just as you talk to them it draws them close it makes you become more aware of them Hmm. and there's a lovely thing that you can do um with with the breath and it's not taking your breath out of alignment so don't force the breath at all but as you breathe in you can breathe in and say i am the power i breathe in the power sorry i should say i breathe in the power and as you breathe out you, you can say i am the power so breathe in the power and then as you breathe out i am the power and that stops the monkey mind that stops the mind that's moving all the time it just focuses it and as it focuses it that's when the spirit world can work with you and i've heard you say before something like when our mind is busy or our mind is loud they remain silent and then the opposite happens right when we can yeah. allow ourselves to be still yeah there, there's a lovely saying from silver birch who's one of the greatest philosophers that worked through morris barbonell and silver birch's real name was big jump um, but they changed it just to accommodate this, you know, our, our way of thinking. And he said, the activity of your world is the silence of ours. The silence of your world becomes the activity of ours. And when you are working with the trance states or with as a mental medium, you'll notice that when as a mental medium you start, you get, you see someone. So for instance, the spirit world reveals themselves to you. And the moment you see them, you're like, Oh, I see you. They disappear. Or you start to become aware of a voice. And then all of a sudden you pay attention. It fades away. And, um, trance is very much like falling asleep at night. If your mind is busy, you won't slip into it. So it's only when your mind is silence, um, and stop thinking really loud then the other world can then work with us. And I've been sitting on my own a better part of a year. And I know for Love. myself, you know, in the beginning, I didn't really notice anything. I wasn't sure, maybe. But with practice, there's been this, um, gosh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just this feeling where my mind goes quiet and I'm filled with this feeling of love. And why I bring this up is I had to have a surgical procedure a couple months ago and I was really scared. I mean, I was so scared and I decided just to try to quiet my mind and just invite my spirit friends in to help. <laughs> and mm. I was flooded with that feeling of love and my mind became quiet and it was so not normal because I don't normally live like that, but I knew that the presence had shown up or was there. And I, you know, I had no problems with the procedure, but it gave me so much comfort that I truly am not alone. And I think that was a byproduct of me being sensitive enough after this year of really practicing the being in the altered state, the blending and inviting them in, however you say it. But I just thought that's an on the court example of, you know, I felt so reassured and comforted in a moment where I was so scared. Yeah, and that, that's it. The spirit world are there, and they're, they're not dogs. They shouldn't be commanded <laughs> or anything like that. You talk to the spirit people as you talk to anyone, and you know, with love and respect. And for me, the spirit world comes first in, in all ways of life. Um, the spirit world is so precious to me. 
Um, they're like my my extended family. And when I'm nervous or when I'm um, not in a good space within my mind, because we go up and down emotionally as mediums, I just sit there and I, I just reach to them and I say, look, I'm having a really bad day today. You know, how is it for you? What's your day been like? And you just send the thought to them and a sense of calm washes over you and their presence is there and they just kind of give you healing and reassurance. And that's you moving into the power and presence of the spirit world. And it is, it's amazing. And this is why, you know, it, it does upset me when people are scared of seances and the seances, the actual word means meeting and to hear people say, oh, no, you shouldn't touch that as working with the devil. I find that really upsetting because clearly they haven't actually been touched by the presence of the spirit. Once you've been touched by the presence of the spirit, you realize that all that, that nonsense is obsolete. Yes. I, and I do know the fear of the unknown before my first seance, I was really nervous. And the roommate that I was set up with there at Banyan, she says, Oh, it's so much fun. I thought fun. Really? Yeah. Oh and yes. That, Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was around Christmas time. We were singing Christmas carols, I Will Survive. You know, I thought, this is fun. And then to have uh, a couple of voices come through that were, you know, people's loved ones. And, you know, obviously, it doesn't happen for all. It may not happen every time. But the presence of the spirit is there. There's an intelligence there. There's love. There's, there's laughter. There's, it's just, it's better than family, I feel. Well, this is it. And it's humor. And you know, this is why it's, it's so important because people are nervous when they're talking to, to voices out the dark. Yes, and it's in the dark. And <laughs> you, you're saying to people, just just talk normally. And like my, my companions who work with me have got a sense of humor. And um, they, they are so, so funny, so loving. And if someone is nervous, they will go above and beyond to ensure that they leave that room saying, I don't know why I was nervous. That's right. And my, my helper will always welcome anyone and they, they will always see the good in everyone. And the, the spirit world is, is it's just amazing. And, you know, I, you know, as you said, we were singing songs, I will survive. And I think that's quite an important one because the first words is first I was afraid first. And then I was petrified, petrified. Uh, thinking I can never live without you by my side. And then you listen to that lyric and then you, you're plunged into darkness and everyone's screaming that song out um, with, with such passion. And then you start to hear the drums being played and you start to have objects around you moving. And then you start to hear the footsteps of people who are joining us. That's right. And isn't that a wonderful thing? Yeah. The spirit people said the difference between your world and ours is that in your world, people leave you. In our world, people join us. Beautiful. And I think that's quite powerful. And if we can make this life, which is hard for all of us, a little bit of heaven on earth to bring forth these truths and get people excited in their own way and whatever their spiritual adventure is, some it may be physical or trance or it may not be, but whatever that is to light that spark within each person. You know, I, I don't know why I'm thinking this. Somebody popped this in my mind, but I'm thinking of great works of art. And I have the paintings that you had given me as well. And a painting is beautiful, but if it was painted with inspiration or a piece of music with inspiration, not only does it fill that person with joy that gets to hear a song or see a painting, but the hope is that it will 
ignite that light, that spark within another person. And I think by you being who you are, me being who I am, everyone else who's out there to serve, if if we can help light that light within someone else so that they can go pay it forward, that's the best gift we can give. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember a voice saying to me one time, how can you teach a blind man to see and see the world that you have seen? And if the voice went on and he said that we walk um, the pathway of a circle, you'll meet and then you walk away from each other. And over time, you seem to walk so far away. And then over time, as you continue to walk the circle, you start to walk towards each other, not away from each other. And I find the spirit world, when they give you those little golden nuggets of thoughts, it's, it's quite, you know, the spirit world is such an intelligence. They're so beyond our way of thinking. And as you said, you know, as someone painting, you know, where did that thought come from, these works of art? Adele, when she sings and writes those songs, where did those songs come from? Yes. It says it came from a place of pain. Well, if it came from a place of pain, why does it give so many people healing? Right. Is it because that she was moved by a spirit, moved by an unseen force to say, right, you will be the healer through your voice and give her the inspiration? You know, where did your thoughts come from your radio show? And why is it touching so many lives? Is it because that you are doing it with integrity, but also the spirit world desire it from you? Yes. And why you've got a mighty force behind you, um, which is saying, you know, I bring these people to you. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love being used in this way. Um, Speaking of being used, we're going to use you for a few more things while we're out in Scottsdale, Arizona, that I just want to (laughs) touch on. Besides you doing the workshop on the Thursday, on the Friday, you will be doing a talk. It's going to be in the South Ballroom on physical mediumship, past, present, future. Do you want to talk about what that's going to be about? Well, I was trained by a lovely old man called John Austin. He was 87 years old when he moved to the world unseen. Uh, Ex-army, trained Colin Fry, sat with Leslie Flint and so many of the great mediums of the past. And he instilled into me to learn the history of spiritualism and especially to learn about physical mediumship. Because without the great people of the past, we wouldn't be able to go to Scotchdale, Arizona. We wouldn't be able to fill buildings of of people who are coming to hear a voice in the seance or to stand upon a platform. So I started to um, inquire about the mediums of the past and every medium I will talk about either materialized in a seance or I knew uh, someone who either sat with them or studied about them. I've not read a book in my life. I'm dyslexic and I'm very um, undisciplined when I'm trying to read things. Um, so I'm going to be talking about, uh, people like Gordon Higginson, Leslie Flint, um, Eusebio Palladino, Florence Cook, um, and different people like that. It's only a 45 minute, uh, long speech and I'll be using PowerPoint presentation to show some photographs of what ectoplasm is, especially through the mediumship of Colin Fry, because obviously Colin and I sat with, uh, for many, many years. And his circle leader gifted me a lot of his work when um, 
he passed. So I've got a lot of the private photos of Colin, as well as uh, the hand molds, which I'm going to try and bring out with me, which are the spirit hands that materialized in the seance and put their hands in hot wax and plaster Paris to mold their hands and explain about how we were fingerprinted and none of our fingerprints matched the hand molds. So um, I'll be talking about things like that for 45 minutes. And maybe if I have an opportunity, play one of the recordings of the voices which came through Colin. Oh, it's just brilliant. And some of those pictures of what you just mentioned are on your website, scottmilligan.net. I think that intelligence is great that they could dip their ectoplasmic hands into wax and then dematerialize and pull their hands out or however that works. And then what's left are these hands, the molds of hands. We we were doing studies with the um, College of Psychic Studies um, and the, S- the, the SPR with uh, Noah's Ark with Colin and the what we were trying to do was to get someone from the spirit world who had their fingerprints uh, on record who are now died and get them to materialize in the seance room and so that we can get their fingerprints again so that if they died 50 years ago and now here they are in 1999 walking around um, Hayward Heath where the seance was being held, um, it would be quite a strong bit of evidence, wouldn't it? Because the fingerprints, that you only have one set of fingerprints, and that is yours. And I think that would have been mind-blowing, but we just couldn't get there, couldn't get there. But none of our fingerprints matched anyone who um, was in that room. Mm. Well, there's even been bites of an apple that have been taken out, and they don't match your teeth, (laughs) right? That's it. They're children, yeah, they'll go go and bite apples or they bite chocolate and they have perfect teeth moles. Uh, we are starting to look at getting hand prints um, so that they press their hands either into um, a non-chemical clay so we get this beautiful hand print. Um, so we are working at the moment to, to build up our evidence that way. Mm. And I've been blessed to see the little child's ectoplasmic hands moving about yeah. in one of your seance rooms and I thought, Oh my gosh. So it's just, it's fabulous. And I think one of the reasons if you are going to the symposium, you'd like to sit in the physical mediums, past, present, future at Scott's talk is, uh, it's always great to look at the future, but we need to know about the past. And sometimes, and I do think physical mediumship was in its heyday many, many years ago, but just to know what was possible then, I think it can plant the seeds of what can still be possible. And so I know I have seen you talk many times and I just, I, I never miss an opportunity to sit with you, Scott. Oh, that's or, really kind. Or have a glass of wine with you, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the drinking one is quite good because we never mix the two together. No. Um, you never mix spirit with spirit. That's why wine's not a spirit, it's alcohol. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, and speaking of drinks, now at the symposium, there's going to be evening banquets that, all the speakers will be there and it's an opportunity to get some entertainment, obviously, but we'll be there and we'll be mingling. And we, I speak for myself, for Scott and for the other speakers that I've met. There's no big egos. Everybody's approachable down to earth and we care. So please feel free if you see us in the hallway or I'll have a banner. If you were at the symposium last year, you saw my standing banner and Scott will have one also. And We'll try to be around that at the breaks, but come talk to us. Yes, because I think the important thing is, um, because this symposium is so big, 
Yeah. Uh, it's important that we try and touch as many people as possible to just to maybe light a, a flame of curiosity so that they go away and they'll sit and say, right, okay, I don't know what it's about, but this person sits like this. Let's see if we can achieve it. That's right. And, you know, you never know because when, when we go to these events, we're like scattering the seeds of curiosity within someone's mind. And as it's planted, they go away and then they sit and experience it for themselves. Because I always say, don't believe a word I say until you experience it yourself. And what better way of doing it is by doing it at home. That's true. And like you say, things have become normal. You've 20 years of sitting in the dark, um, but you've given us a taste of what's possible. And I, ne- I mean, I was always interested in this, these things called apports, things appearing. And can I share my story about my earring? I think this would be a great yes, time. Yes. Well, apports are things that can materialize out of nothing and can happen in the seance room. Uh, and I, I think they can help in other places as well. And I just had a very interesting thing happen to me that I lost one of my earrings and I combed the ground in the bathroom looking for it. And it was one of my very good earrings and I was convinced it fell down the drain of the sink and the remaining gold earring, because it's a pricey earring, I put in a very small pocket in my suitcase, uh, hoping to see it again. Um, maybe that I'd find the other one again. I have, I have a police whistle outside my house, got distracted for a second. Um, but anyways, I, I just put it out of my mind and, uh, I went looking for this earring again, couldn't find it. And lo and behold, I opened my suitcase into that little pocket and both earrings were now there where there was only one. And I tell you, my mind was trying to figure out that I accidentally find it and I didn't remember and I didn't. And there's no other explanation to me other than there's friends in the unseen world that uh, found that earring for me. Incredible. And I think that sometimes they just reassure you that they are there. And especially because these items have sentimental value to you. Um, There was one uh, opportunity that I had with Colin that we sat for a trance demonstration for Magnus, who was his principal control to come through and speak a lovely old Victorian man a true gentleman to me. Some people were scared of him, but I, he was just like my granddad, you know, he was such a lovely, lovely man. And, um, Colin sat there and he took his star of David off, which was on his necklace. So he took his necklace off. He took his wedding ring off and feeded it through his necklace and then did the, the necklace up. And then he took his watch off and he tied that onto the necklace as well. So it was like a link chain. Mm -hmm. Put it down next to his cigarettes, which was next to him. And we sat in a very dull light, but still able to see him, still able to see the jewellery, which was put to the side of him. And he worked. And for about an hour to hour and 20 minutes or so, he was in the trance states, Magnus answering questions like I would do at the symposium. Yes, on the Saturday. And and, um, when he came back, he went for his cigarettes. As he lit one up, he went to put his jewellery on. He said, where's my jewellery? And we were saying, what do you mean? He goes, my jewellery's not there. And we said, but we used to call him Cole. I said, Cole, you know, no one's picked up. You know, no one picked up, no one moved, no one stood up. And he said, where is, and he said, Charlie, which was his other control, little Charlie Carter, very similar to Daniel. And he said, Charlie, bring it back. And he put his hand out and you saw a shimmer of light about 30 centimetres above his hand. And out of midair came his uh, watch, his necklace and his ring. And he just put it on as normal. And I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> did you just see that? 
No, I didn't. No, that's not possible. Did, yeah, that was possible. No, it wasn't possible. And I left the room quite quickly. It was silent on the train home, you know, ride home. I opened up my front door. Mum said, are you all right? I went straight to the drinks cabinet, poured myself a drink, took a big gulp of drink, went, right, night, <laughs> and went upstairs because I had to fight with my mind. Did I truly see that? That's and right. And yes, I did. And 30 other people saw that. That's and right. And it was normal. Normal. And I remember uh, doing the one, I think the first episode I had with you and I talked about my experiences at Banyan. Of course, there's many seances during the year that you can visit Scott and twice a year they have what's called Whispers of the Soul in the Spring and Voices of the Past around Thanksgiving time, which are like these five day awesome retreats. And I had been to one and I shared on on this show um, all about it. But there was a gentleman that came the next time. And he says, I'm one of the listeners of your show. And I said, Oh, well, thanks for coming here. You know, it was it was came from New Jersey, I think, to uh, the UK. And he said, I just my brain couldn't understand how any of this is possible. So he says, I just had to come experience it. And so when the week was over, he says, I, there's no other thing I could say, except for this all really happened. And he says too, and again, like you had said, there's a, there's something about believing in something. It's a whole nother thing when you actually know it. And he left with that knowing that uh, spirit world is real and phenomena is possible and real. Yeah, it is. And uh, like I said, some people will say, well, physical is not for them. And I totally get that. I truly, right. truly get that. And um, there are people out there who, it's an insult for what you know to the spirit world but i just say you know when one is ready when one is truly truly ready come along and see for yourself mm -hmm. you know if you come in to test me you know i'm not there to be tested silver birch said try and test the spirits he didn't say try and test the medium and for a medium to try and prove it it shows they've interfered but for me I sit there. If you can give me the right conditions, I will work. And if the spirit world are there, let the voices come and talk to you. Let the voices come to win your reason mm -hmm. and see you see what they can do. But remember, the heart of everything that we do is to try and get a mum and dad up in the morning or a yes. husband and wife to have that last conversation that death robbed them of. That's right. And that's the philosophy of my seances. And I hope that when people come into the seance room, they come for the philosophy of spiritualism, not to see a trumpet up in the air and hoops flying around the room. Because once you've seen that three, four times, it's still magic. But then after a little while, you get bored of it. Yes, you, you want the intelligence behind. You yeah, want to hear the... the yeah, listen to voices. Yes. Voices have got stories, and the stories are so interesting, so, so funny. They're beautiful. Well, I, I, Go ahead. Oh, I was speaking to Nick and I said to him, I had this really weird um, interest in uh, the Titanic and I couldn't work out why. And he turned around and said, well, you do realize that in one of the seances, the captain came through. And I was like, no way. And he said, yeah, he came through and had a talk. And I thought, oh, my God. I said, because I would I would have wanted to ask him so many questions. I wanted to, to pose more um, thoughts to him. You know, what was it truly like? And yes. different things like that. And, you know, you never know who's the voice that's going to come out. And sometimes they do riddles, and the riddles are very interesting. And they'll do a riddle, 
and you're like, no, that makes no sense. But the time you come and sit again, the riddle's been answered. And you're like, yes, I now understand why you said oh, about you, you got itchy feet and this and you're moving to Brighton and, and so on. And you're like, oh, my God. And again, this shows the intelligence, the same as the app ports. The app ports come and each app port must have a meaning. You know, it shouldn't be a random object. It, when it lands in that person's hand or is given to that person, it should have meaning. Like if it's a coin, it should be the year of birth or a significant year of what they needed at that time. Um, the wooden bus, what came through, there's a sister to it. A lady came from Holland to stay with us and said, I've got the other one to that. You know, there's always the intelligence of the spirit behind every apple and everything that you do within the seance room. Mm. Speaking of the seance room and even in the Q&A, can you just speak about entering the seance room without having expectation? Yeah, well, basically what, what hangs on our seance room door and what I should really do is print it off and bring it to with me to America. And it says, he who enters expecting nothing shall not leave disappointed. So he who enters expecting nothing shall not leave disappointed. And I think you need to leave all your troubles at the door. And as you enter the seance room, you're entering empty handed. And so no expectations. No, is this going to happen? That's going to happen. Let's just go have an open thought as you come into the seance room. And it gives the spirit world the freedom to work. But it, it amazes me that one person can have a thought and it can affect the seance. And I'm not saying oh, it's a negative thought, but if they say sitting there wanting the trumpet, the other world will accommodate that and they'll move the trumpet. But in actuality, if we went in there freely, they may have been able to bring someone's son or daughter, mother or father through. So it's important that we, when you go into the seance room, I always say, hope that the person next to you gets a message. Beautiful. And if each of us are thinking of someone else, then we come together in harmony. And everyone who goes to a demonstration, you've got to start trying to think like that. And that provides extremely strong power for the medium to work in. But if you are sitting there saying, I want a message, I want a message, you become what we call body snatchers. Hmm. And you're, you're manipulating the power, not allowing the power to become free and move where it should be. Silver Birch gave a wonderful... A description of a seance room and again silver birch is the spirit person that works through morris barber now and this is how he described the seance room to you this is a little room to us it is a grand temple these little walls have vanished a radiance of dazzling of brilliance hundreds upon hundreds assemble here each with a mission to perform some to serve and some to be served to you this is a little room to us, it is a grand temple. Beautiful. And I, I find those words so, so powerful. And that's when you go into a seance room, you've got to respect this is a temple of the spirit. You won't walk into a synagogue eating a bacon sandwich. So you've got to respect the environment of this medium working. Like I said, you won't walk into a temple, a synagogue eating a bacon sandwich. You wouldn't insult that religion. So go into the seance room with an open mind. Tear the demonstration to pieces afterwards. But whilst you are there, you are respecting the environment. That's right. And even I, I think it might have been you who mentioned it. But 
or even a question that we asked within one of the seances. But for us, there could be a group of 30 or 40 people sitting together. But in the unseen world, am I right that it could be hundreds or thousands of the intelligence behind the scenes from their port making this happen? So it is a grand temple. Yeah, I think when um, someone asked Daniel how many people are here, he turned around and said it's over 300. 300 wow. people and that was in the early days of it so I, I don't know what it would be like now but they they described it as very much like an amphitheater you know like the the gladiator theater yes so it's like at the center of the this theater is is you you know you and i sitting reaching for the spirit world and around us there are a circle of people like our guides and then beyond that there's the workers and beyond that is more people and every time we sit more people join each time we think of the other world more people come close and i find that quite quite overwhelming and that's what makes me more passionate that when we agree to meet the spirit world we meet the spirit world at that time same time same place same people and harmony because if you don't have that then unfortunately that's not the right environment to welcome our friends, is it? No, not at all. And during your workshop and probably during the uh, 45 minute speech, you'll be probably speaking on home circles and how we can start yes. developing our own if that's something you're interested in. Just because time is going by so quick, Scott, I just want to touch on the Saturday morning between 1015 and 1145. There's the deep trance Q&A. Can you just to, like give us an overview of what that will be like I, I i don't i feel uncomfortable using the word deep trance because oh, i'll take I, it away then <laughs> no 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 the, the reason i say that is because we flip between the, the the layers of the trance depending on how i am on that morning will depend on how deep i go and inherently i do go to the unconscious states especially in the seances mm-hmm. and in the trance states if i'm really relaxed i am very heavily um, subdued so I will be going into um, a state where I'm not aware of what's being said through me when I get into my flow mm-hmm. um, there are examples of the work on uh, the Austin uh, wish circle which is on Facebook which is a circle we've just um, created to document the progress of our home circle because people are asking about books and things like that and I think it's easier just to put it on there so what happens is I sit there um, you will sit one side of me and, and Darren will sit the other side of me. And I close my eyes and we'll play probably three songs, very simple songs. And that gives me the opportunity to blend. Uh, it takes me about five minutes to go into a, a deep state where I'm really relaxed. And then hopefully the, the silence will be broken with a voice of one of my companions. But we'll give a little bit of philosophy first. And then normally, and I say normally, now we don't have expectations, then normally that person withdraws and someone more familiar um, speaker, which will possibly be Daniel or Eric, um, will come through and he will then start answering questions where people will come up and say, um, Daniel, I would like to know uh, your thoughts on um, euthanasia. I want to know your thoughts on... um, parallel universes and things like that and what we can do we can open up to questions or certain subjects and allow the spirit world to share their thoughts upon that matter excellent and for our listener if you are attending the symposium 
do not miss this. I think it's a wonderful opportunity. And if you have a question, ask. And it's not a type, it's not a time to ask, you know, when will I meet my tall, dark and handsome man? It's not that. It's more, they're questions that will aid everybody. Uh, or, I think, or I topics. think that, that would be the better way of viewing yes. it because they will answer personal questions. But understand, if it's a personal question, you'll get a personal answer, but everyone will know about it. <laughs> and, um, <depending laughs> that could on, be funny. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends on who will answer it. No. Eric shows no interest in that kind of thing because he's there just solely for philosophy. Daniel may dig, dig a little bit deeper. We were in Holland, and as someone asked a question they asked us about a certain subject but then daniel stopped halfway through and said to him why is it that there's a young man here who keeps playing with micro machines and he said go on and he said that this person is showing me micro machines and keeps shouting out john and he this guy turned around and said that his nephew had just passed to the spirit world he was hit by the car by the name john and when he was younger he used to like micro machines so there is times where sometimes that can occur right i'm not saying it happens all the time or he will say why why is it that you're sleeping on your right side at the moment on the right side of bed when you normally sleep on the left side and someone will say oh yeah because there's a dip in my mattress and then he he may go on a little bit more about that um, so sometimes he goes into personal stuff and sometimes he doesn't. Um, but I think with this question and answers, I think it's a lovely opportunity to kind of ask questions um, that may benefit everyone because then everyone can take something away from it. Mm, that's beautiful. And just from being a recipient of one of these, you know, asking a question, I had asked a question about suffering and Eric had answered and it is a recording that I have that actually I aired it on one of these episodes. I'll include it in the description of this along with your Austin wish circle, Facebook group link for people. But the answer to the question I have played probably a hundred times that helps me sometimes in my darkest hours. And uh, that would have never came had I not asked a question that I thought would help myself and others. So be in that room Saturday, um, 10 15 a.m to 11 15 and we ask you just to remain seated while you're there and uh, you will not regret it i can guarantee that so scott our time is coming to an end i feel oh. or it's just beginning actually because we're going to know <laughs> each other for eternity uh but just a couple of quick things if somebody is interested in attending this symposium, you can go to afterlifesymposium.org. It's being held in Scottsdale, Arizona, September 13th through 16th. If you're not able to, we totally understand. Um, big invitation to go to scottmilligan.net. And Scott's going to be starting September 27th, an online class all about physical mediumship that you can be in the privacy of your home. And even if you can't be there on one of the days that it is live, you can watch the recording. Also, my home away from home, the place I feel more love than any place on earth is someplace called Banyan Retreat in Ashford, Kent in the UK. And I go there twice a year for Voices of the Past in the fall and Whispers from the Soul in the spring. And they've just opened up registration for Voices of the Past. You can go to banyanretreat.com to find out more about that or scottmilligan.net. 
And like I said earlier, Scott has been doing some of these trance demos on um, questions and answers, I should say, on uh, live on Zoom. And so you can find more about that at scottmilligan.net. So Scott, any closing words? Well, I want to just uh, share, um, you know how I said the voice comes when I least expect it? Yes. And um, this came to me when I was on EasyJet plane, which is a, a plane company in, 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 in Europe. And I was flying home and it was in March and I was sitting there and no one was next to me. And I heard this voice saying, may I share these simple words? So I'm going to try and read it to you the best I can. Okay. Um, and I have to confess, like I said, I am dyslexic, so it'll probably come out wrong. Uh, but this came to me uh, on this plane by a voice, a voice I kind of recognize, but um, I don't want to share the name just yet because I feel that they need to share their name, not me say who they were. Okay. It's a, As one speaks of a world you call unseen, a distant dream that becomes the reality of all, as you carve your hands through the wet sands of the shores of your world, you hold everything that has gone before you. The sands of time give that gives mankind the opportunity to leave footprints in for others to follow or to lead. Life is about breaking the chains of mankind's thinking and allowing the mind to be free to express all that life has to offer. When you understand that every decision that you make is an action that brings to life another stroke of the master's brush of the portrait of you so far, which will hang on the walls of God, the portrait will be gazed upon when you are ready to. Others will see the beauty, but you will only see the error and weakness igniting the eternal flame which burns within your consciousness which always needs love and light to continue to burn. If you are reading these words, you've already started to splash another colour upon the master's palette, ready to bring the life, ready to bring to life the story of you so far. For every positive thought, the colours are rich and warm, and for every negative, drains the palette back to black. So create within your mind a beautiful and positive thought so the oils will always remain rich and colourful as it brings the story of your life. So that was one of the thoughts that came. Beautiful. Um, there was more, there's more to it, but it just it goes on and on and on. But I just wanted to share those few words. And what I kind of gather from that is that if you try and remain positive in all that you do, as a spiritual individual that we all are, we must cultivate a spiritual mind. You know, as a spiritualist, we can we can we have to walk and talk at the same time. Some people just talk it, other people walk it. And I would like to offer this thought to everyone that if you are a medium or you are looking to unfold your gifts, try and cultivate a spiritual mind. Then you'll have spiritual power. And therefore, your mediumship will always blossom. Beautiful. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much for having me again. And next time I really talk to you, we'll be in America. I know. <gasps> Exciting. I know. Oh, that'd be great. And we'll go by fast, too. For our listener, also, thank you for being here. Hey, I just 
love doing this, and I will continue doing this for a long time from either side. Who knows? Uh, as always, our home base for this show is we don't die radio.com where there's lots of free goodies, including a lot of help uh, through grief, because I know that's something that brings us together. I had uh, one of those thoughts, Scott, just yesterday, I was being very, uh, well, it wasn't my thought. I think someone said it in my mind. I was being really rough on myself. And all of a sudden, I hear, why don't you try to see yourself like we see you? Mm. and it just took my breath away. And I thought, if I could look at myself with loving eyes, and that means looking at other people with loving eyes, as souls having a human experience doing the best they can. But I do believe our, our loved ones and our those in the spirit world see us as light, and they're proud of us, and they love us no matter what. Absolutely. And and it shows when you we when we take a photograph, of ourselves and we look at them and go oh that yeah and then other people go oh my god that's such an amazing photo of you right and uh, i think that's what the voice was trying to say when he was saying about the portrait of your life when you gaze upon it you see error and weakness while others see beauty mm-hmm. so um it is interesting how we view ourselves uh, but it's important that you were born with a voice to be heard a smile to be seen a hand to be held and you shouldn't hide away and hide in the crowd because the world will miss you. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Scott. And this may be the last episode before the symposium. So for our listeners that are meeting us over there, we are all regular people, very approachable, down to earth, as you can imagine. Uh, But come introduce yourself because we'd love to see you in person, have a drink with you one night at the bar, whatever. Uh, But again, thank you to our guest, Scott Villigan. Please, if you haven't signed up yet for his workshop, feel free. Just go to afterlifesymposium.org to check it out or visit scottmilligan.net. What else? I think that's it. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so happy I get to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is is an education for the soul, and that you, my friend, you are important. Your life is important. So take some time and see yourself through loving eyes, because you're special. You're one of a kind. There's no one else like you. There will never be anyone else like you. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.